What's going on guys? I'm back. This is episode 35 of the Women for Greatness podcast. In this episode, you get to meet a longtime friend, someone I've looked up to and admired for a very, very long time. Her name is Jory Canetta. I actually went to junior high with Jory and I remember she was always so fun and full of life and that she was always laughing. So this episode is for you if you're an athlete, if you've struggled with comparison, or if you want to learn more about visualization and affirmations to say to yourself. This episode with Jory was really, really special to me, and I was so happy to be able to connect with her and talk with her again. She is an amazing swimmer, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get into this episode, I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up, for being here for me. It has been such an honor and such a joy kind of cultivating an online community and having a place where we can come together, where we can talk. I love getting DMs from you guys. I love reading the comments that you leave me. It's really, really fun for me. So don't be shy. Pop into my DMs if you have any questions about this episode or if you have any ideas for future episodes. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Jory today. So good morning, Jory. Good morning. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> so Jory, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, she is a swimmer and I've known her since junior high and we were buds back then and I've just always admired her swimming drive and determination. So can we talk about when did it start? When did you first dip your toes in the pool? Where did this happen? Uh, So if anybody out there is uh, from Bakersfield, I started out swimming at Rio Bravo Greeley in a summer league team and I was about eight years old, but it wasn't voluntary. It wasn't anything that like oh, mom, please sign me up for swimming. It was like my mom's friend's daughters, they were all in swimming and my mom thought it would be fun so she could go hang out with her friends and the kids would get to swim and bond and hang out. But that year didn't go so well for me. I ended up hating it and I cried every single day. So it started off pretty rocky, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then what did that like evolve from, from when you were sitting in the pool or when you're getting out of the pool crying to like where you are now? What was your journey like? I don't know what happened because <laughs> when I was eight years old and starting out with RBG, I would like was so afraid to even swim in the deep end. And so that whole summer was just me crying and just super scared and not knowing what to expect. Um, And so the next year, my mom signed my brother and I up again. I don't know why. She was crazy. (laughs) You're like, this is great, mom. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, last year went so great. Let's do it again. Hopefully she doesn't cry. And so the second year, I started at RBG. I didn't cry. Everything was going well. And these seasons are only throughout the summer. So it's only like three, two to three months long. And so by the end of that season, I was like, mom, when can we do this again? And I got clicked, something happened and I was hooked. And so Mm -hmm. after the season was over every single day, I was like, mom, when can I swim again? Like, when can I swim again? And she goes, "Uh," and she just got sick of it basically. And she started finding club teams. And so once I found and joined my first club team, which was Riptide Aquatics, I really didn't like look back. 
and I just kept swimming from there. So you were nine years old when you like realized that you really, really loved swimming, yeah. right? And so the burning question like in your heart was when can yeah. I swim again? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't remember this at all, but this is what my mom had told me. And I think it was just like the friendships and like the fun and the environment around it. Cause I wasn't very, I wasn't a very good swimmer at this time at all. But I think I just loved being outside and being with all my friends. And that's what really helped me keep swimming, Mm -hmm. even hating it so much that first year. So you did it all schooling? Like you were always doing swim? Yeah. Yeah. So club swimming is 24-7, 365. It's all year long, except for maybe like one or two weeks off. So since I joined that club team around like 9, 10, I haven't stopped swimming since then. So <laughs> you've never had dry hair yeah. since then. No I'm just kidding. Hair, nothing. It's always wet in a bun. So how many hours like in high school would you say were you practicing a week or, you know, just yeah. in the pool? Um, so in high school, I trained every afternoon from for about three hours and then during my junior and senior year I started doing morning practice twice a week and that was an hour so I would say like I would do 10 to 15 hours every week that is so crazy that's like a part-time job it's a a big dedication but like when when you love it so much it's just like Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang out with my friends for 15 hours the whole time and we get to goof off (laughs) for most of it. So I, it never felt like work to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what started happening? Like you started getting better and coaches started noticing or because you're a really great swimmer. So how did that happen? That's so sweet. So once I joined that club team, I started improving Mm -hmm. very, very rapidly. And I think it was just having fun and loving it so much that it started translating over to swimming in my times. And so by the time I was nine, I qualified for my first zones meet, which is basically, a. I mean, it's kind of a big meet for age group swimming from 10 Mm -hmm. to like 13 is this is the meet that everybody goes to and this is the top swimmers in the like <laughs> in the western zone of the United States these are the top swimmers mm-hmm. so there's certain cuts that you have to make to go to these meets i got my cut for the 910 age group and i went there and that was kind of like the start of something big and the next year i went back to that meet when i was 10 and i missed the national age group record by like two one hundredths of a second and oh my I was gosh. like the fastest 10 year old in the country at that time so oh my god I started out I don't know how it happened <laughs> it just kind of like catapulted <laughs> me into this super elite level of swimming at 10 years of age and so that was like so exciting for me because at that time I was never really considering it as something like oh, maybe I can go to college for this, or maybe I can go to the Olympics for this. It was always just fun Mm -hmm. for me. And so once I reached that point, that's when it got kind of serious. And that's when I decided, oh, swimming is right for me. Like, I love swimming. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Because throughout that time, Mm -hmm. I had played a bunch of different sports. I did basketball and soccer and all of that simultaneously. And so... 
once I reached that stage at like 10, which is, I guess, kind of early. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. It's, it's a lot earlier <laughs> than most people because a lot of people do multiple sports all the way up through high mm-hmm. school. So I kind of stopped that and specialized in swimming really, really early, but I don't regret it because I'm not I'm not very graceful on land, so oh, <laughs> I'm pretty clumsy. So it ended up working pretty well for me. Yeah. So when I was around ten, I just started to really focus on swimming and just trying to be better than I was the year before, and that really mm-hmm. hasn't stopped me. I mean, I still kind of live by that today too. So can you just walk me through what it's like when you're at a swim competition or a swim meet that's just super, like the pressure's high, you're in the water, you're like neck and neck. What is that like for you? Um, Yeah, it's crazy. It's super crazy. Gosh, there's so many experiences, but I think the most intense swimming environment I have ever been in would be SEC championships. So I swim for Texas A&M and we're in the SEC Mm -hmm. conference. So we're pretty new to this conference. And my sophomore year of college, we were trying to go for our first SEC conference title. So by Mm -hmm. the very, this meet, is like four or five days long. Like it's a really long meet. There's a morning prelim session and then an afternoon final session. You have to be in the top eight to make it to the finals. So Dang. by the last session, it was really close. So we were super close to winning or losing. It was between AM, Tennessee, and Georgia. And I remember walking through into the pool deck and like, the environment was just like buzzing I was so nervous (laughs) (laughs) and it was just crazy and so that was my first conference final that I made Mm -hmm. and it was unbelievably like electric the pool that we swam at was pretty small so there wasn't much seating but it made like everything seem so much louder and so we we're just screaming our hearts out just so we can get like the swimmers behind the blocks pumped up, ready to race and accomplish everything that we wanted to do. And so the night of the hundred breast, I had barely made it into the finals. I was seated eight. It's mm-hmm. the very last spot. And so my lane was lane number one, right next to the speaker. And then right behind that was my whole entire team. Every single team was just screaming all at once. And we're all, all eight of us are lined up behind the blocks. And you can't like hear anything except for this roar. And so I'm just (laughs) standing there and I am so nervous. I'm just putting my goggles on, pressing them in tight to my eyes. So they wouldn't fall off. I just didn't know what to do. I was shaking like my hands could not stop shaking and I was just trying to breathe and then all of a sudden I hear my teammates and they're like Jory get up on the blocks and I looked over at everybody else racing against me and they're already standing up on the blocks yeah crap (laughs) so it was so loud in there that I couldn't hear like the whistle from the referee to stand up on and get ready on the blocks 
So, like, I almost missed my race just standing there because it was so loud and it was so crazy. But it's just such a, like, rush and such a thrilling experience to be there because swimming is more like an individual sport because it's just you in the water. College swimming kind of takes it to the next level because you have your team behind you and you're all working towards one goal. That year was winning SECs and... So I just wanted to do the best that I could do for the team. And that was super fun. Like, it was very, very stressful standing behind the blocks. But after the race, I was like, that was amazing. Let's do that again. That's so crazy. I can only, like, imagine all of that going on, you know, and still staying focused. Yeah. That would be so hard. Yeah, it is. I've gotten kind of used to it over the years and not really blocking it out but also like thriving off of that energy and feeding off of it there's no other conference or swim meet in the country that has the type of energy that this meet does so that was just like a truly great experience that I got to have through college swimming so what's your self-talk like before or when you're getting ready to hop in the water what what are you saying to yourself or if you're going against someone that's like really really good and you're kind of nervous yeah that's a great question because I think self-talk is so important and just not trying to overthink anything because that's when I think Mm -hmm. like you can really ruin your performance if you overthink you just have to let yourself do what you know your body can do we've been training for basically eight months for a minute long race. So <laughs> it's, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that we have done over 20 hours of training in a week for eight months. You just have to keep telling yourself that you trust your trust the process. You've done all the work you can do and you can just have fun. So usually behind the blocks, I'll just kind of sit there, listen to music and try to find a song that's like kind of relaxing and just let me loosen up and enjoy and not really kind of like hype me up too much. But then I just sit there and I remind myself of all the things that I accomplished this season and what I'm proud of. And then Mm -hmm. also saying like, you did all everything you could. And now it's just time to relax and have fun. Like this racing is what gives me the most enjoyment out of swimming. And so I don't ever want to step up to the blocks and just be so nervous and so afraid that it takes the fun out of it. So that Mm -hmm. is like my main focus every single time I step up is always to have fun and just relax. So I'm just usually behind the blocks, just sitting there trying to stay as loose as I can, smiling and just repeating, have fun, relax, you'll do great over and over again. (laughs) So my next question is kind of about the small stuff, but like in a different sense. Mm -hmm. So for you, because, okay, so you specialize breaststroke is your stroke. When you're competing, literally seconds matter to you or half seconds (laughs) matter. So can you talk about refining your craft, what it's like to work hard at the same thing over and over and why it's so important to you? Yeah, I mean, it's so, so important. It's just like pounding in muscle memory, using even visualization to help you maximize your performance and look at those tiny little details to help you keep improving. So Mm -hmm. it's really, I 
think it's awesome that you said like doing the same thing over and over again because that's basically all I've done especially with college is we have the same practices every single week so you know what to expect and you know what you're doing there's always things that I know I need to work on and I know that Mm -hmm. because of video review and just a lot of reflection after racing and seeing like what I did wrong in this race and how how can I use that to get better for the next meet so how do you visualize our coach takes us on guided visualizations going Mm -hmm. into championship season so we'll he'll have us all like lay down close our eyes and practice like perfect technique for our turns touching with two hands getting our feet off up and off the wall really fast perfect dives and like perfect technique so that's a lot of like the visualization but I think one thing that he does and which is really cool and unique is that he has mantras and Mm -hmm. so he will say positive affirmations and he'd say them out loud and then we would repeat them back to ourselves over like three or four times and then we would come up with one on our own when you say it out loud you believe it yeah one of my positive affirmations was like I love getting up and racing. I'm like, I am the most confident I am behind the blocks. And so you would repeat that over and over again until you like would really start believing it. And then once you get nervous, you can always bring up these affirmations and just say it again. Like, yeah, this is what I love. And this is who I am. So I think those were really cool. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with like visualization and affirmations. And I was getting chills like when you're talking about yeah. I'm like, yes, this coach. Yeah, it's, it's so it's such a powerful tool. And one thing that I've done, I don't know, I think it's kind of weird. But mm-hmm. while I'm swimming, I swim with my eyes closed. Coach Mm -hmm. gets so mad at me for this because (laughs) I can't really swim in a straight line (laughs) with my eyes closed. (laughs) And I'll end up like swerving across the lane, which is kind of dangerous because I'll run into my teammate. I I swim with my eyes closed because I like to visualize and swim at the same time. When I'm visualizing, I'm imagining the feeling of the water and how I, I should be how my hand should be feeling when I'm pulling, how my kick should feel, how long my glide would be when I'm visualizing, and then trying to copy that and mimic that while I'm in the water swimming. Yes. Okay. So what most people do is in life when they have to do something that they're really nervous about, or, you know, they don't feel confident about, they think of everything that could go wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting so, that. <laughs> yeah, well, I am too. And now I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but so it's like, for example, if you have to give a presentation or something, their brain starts showing them, oh, imagine if you just fell. Or, oh, imagine if you forgot all the words. And so what happens, your brain starts like playing that out. And then you see yourself do that. And then your brain, I mean, our brains are smart, but not that <laughs> smart. So your brain's like, I remember seeing that. So that will happen. Yeah. But then our brain gets familiar with that. Like I have this, I mean, this is so silly, but I have this visualization like on my vision board. And so it's like this white convertible BMW. Mm -hmm. And I just have this picture of myself like flying down the streets of Santa Barbara with like these huge sunglasses and music playing. And it's so fun and so free. And like, 
one, one day I will get that car and I will make that happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's played out in my head so many times. So for you, like with swim, oh, what if I just fell off? Or, oh, what if I didn't make the turn fast enough? Or if I did this wrong, you know, if I moved my hand the wrong way, your brain would be like, oh, okay. And make that happen. But I love that you're focusing on the exact things. And I love, I mean, it's probably not good that you're not swimming in a straight line, but I love that you're doing it while you're swimming. Yeah, I know. My coach yells at me all the time, but <laughs> you're, I'm bringing it to life. <laughs> yeah. But I also love that you say like, oh, I'm, I can see myself falling during this speech or like, I forget the words or something. But one of the techniques that we also use during visualization is visualizing those things happening but also mm-hmm. visualizing recovering from that and what you would do. Yes. For instance, like if you flip turn and you miss the wall and you're racing, you're like, oh no, this is over. I've lost the race. There's nothing I can do. If you've found a strategy to overcome that and you visualize that and you've prepared for it, you won't have that panic attack and you'll know what to do. You could stay calm and you most likely recover from it like it happens all the time Mm -hmm. like I can't tell you how many times my goggles have fallen off and filled up during the race (laughs) but I would probably say that it's helpful that I've swam with my eyes closed because once my goggles filled up with water (laughs) I mean I didn't panic that much because I have visualized that and I've practiced that and over and over again so when it happened during a race I was like it's it's okay. You can still kind of see. It's a little blurry, but you can kind of see. It's <laughs> better yeah. than nothing. So I think it's in the book, um, The Power of Habit, where he talks a little bit like about Michael Phelps, his visualization, his repeating, you know, rehearsing over and over again, what he wants to happen, what he wants it to feel like. And I think there was a story about he set a world record where his goggles had mm-hmm. fallen off. But what, like what you were saying, he had visualized, oh, what, what if something bad happens? What would I do? And so that is so powerful because your brain, you know, naturally, you'd be like, oh my gosh, this just happened. And you're all like freaking out in your head when, if you just performed, if you just did what you were going to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, you would Completely. do great. <laughs> it's like actually living the scenario before it happens. So you're, it's like taking notes to a test you know what to Mm -hmm. do and you know what to expect it's not going to blindside you if you visualize like that so I think that's been really really helpful too because I know a lot of people struggle with waking up early say you're going to bed and your alarm goes off it's like what are you thinking like to get motivation so that like I have a hard time falling asleep and so Mm. calculating like how many hours like if it's a long night and I'm going to bed at 11 or 12 and I'm like I have to be be awake in five and a half hours. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, but we kind of have to. There's like no excuses. Our team holds us up to like such a high standard. And that's really what keeps me going is for my teammates. And Mm -hmm. I just want to do the best that I can so we can be the best team. And if everybody does that, I don't think anybody could stop us. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, so I love that because it kind of it talks about your friends a little bit and like the people around you. 
I, I waitress on the side. So if I look around and I go, oh, well, this person's not doing very much with their life. Like I can feel like better than, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's easier to feel good about yourself. So it's like, who are you comparing yourself to? Like, what's your standard? Oh. And, and so for you, if you were just comparing yourself to like the regular average college student, they would say you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you're comparing yourself to your teammates who are also getting up early and also doing, the, you know, yeah. like, where's your standard what do you want yeah so I mean the girls that I train with are those that I compare myself to because I'm with them so many hours a day in the water and so but these girls are just like incredible I have a few teammates that went to the 2016 Olympics in Rio and those are the girls that I get to train with every day so I see their work ethic and I see what they're doing in the pool. And it's just so inspiring to me to kind of copy what they do and just try to learn from them as much as I can, because I came into the program, not very strong. It was a very huge, like eye-opening experience for me. And to Mm -hmm. see these girls push themselves and just train so hard. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to be just like them. They're so cool. So, I mean, they really hold me up to a high standard just because, like, there's always somebody pushing you. And it's just a really cool environment to be in because we're not bad sports about it. Like, we truly want the best for everybody. So, in my group with the breaststrokers, there's about six to eight breaststrokers in our group. And so we're all competing for the same spots for the SEC team, which then determines if you can make the NCAA team. And you usually only get two swimmers from that. So two of the eight girls that I'm training with are going to make it. And so basically, we're each other's competition, but we're also our biggest supporters, too. Mm -hmm. So we never want to, like, hurt anyone or sabotage anyone. It's truly, like... If they had a great practice and they're kicking your butt while you, and you're like completely dying in the water, just <laughs> you're just like, hey, great job today. That was amazing. And we just lift each other up and build each other up. And I think it's they inspire me to be just a better person. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think one of the things that's really popular right now is with Instagram, everyone's comparing themselves yeah. in the wrong yeah. way. And I think for you being good at one thing, like specifically just super, super well, it's easy for them to be like, oh, well, she's gifted or, oh, she's always had that talent or she's always been able to do that. But they don't acknowledge like the years and hours of training behind mm-hmm. that. Does that kind of make you mad when people say something like that? Um, not really. No one's ever told me that directly. But I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Because I mean, I struggled with a lot of insecurity to get to where I am today. Because I compared myself so much to my teammates and seeing like, they're doing this. They've already gone to Olympic trials. They're on the national team. Like, they're incredible. I have to be doing what they're doing. And if I'm mm-hmm. not doing that, then I've failed. And so yeah. that's really, like, that really ate me away for about a year and a half until I realized, like, you can't compare yourself 
to other people because it's more harmful because everybody's on a different journey. It just hurts more than it is beneficial. And I see that so much on Instagram just because like you just put what you want others to see out there, but they don't see the struggles. They don't see your insecurities. They don't see even Photoshop too. They don't see that. I know. (laughs) It's not real. You can't really compare yourself to other people over social media and just saying they're better than me or I'm not as good as this person in this. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so, it's such like an important topic to talk about. So you said for a year and a half, you're just comparing yourself a lot in a situation or in your life. So I had a, I have a teammate that really like inspired me to come to this school. She was the Mm -hmm. same, she's the same age as me. And I watched her at a swim meet once and I was like, this girl is incredible. Like you could tell she works hard. She's like amazing muscles she's so strong and she's like everything I want to be so I was like this is so cool I get to come to A&M and I get to train with her I just like have to study her and everything that she's doing I would copy her and try to do the things that she would do or just try to like keep up with her at practice and if I wasn't close to her then that would just destroy me my confidence Mm -hmm. would be so low and at meets I would be like I couldn't do these things or I couldn't go that fast as her so I'm not going to do well so I've already counted myself out from being successful after that season was over it took me a while to realize like she is a workhorse (laughs) (laughs) her dad's like a ultra marathoner and does Ironmans now and she I don't think she feels pain honestly (laughs) she can just (laughs) She just goes and goes and goes and has like crazy endurance and does a lot more of the longer distance events. And I was like, why am I comparing myself to her? Because I swim the 50 and the 100. I'm a sprinter. I can't do more than that. And I'm trying to keep up with this girl that does 200s. And so I was like, (laughs) this is completely different. This is so different. She can do this because her body allows her to do that. But my body doesn't have that endurance and it's not built that way. So why should I compare myself like that? I have my own things and I have my own skill sets. Like I'm a great sprinter. I know how to sprint. So why don't I play into that and try to build myself up to be a better sprinter and Mm -hmm. um, build up my strengths and so that's when I started realizing like what I do best in practice and what I do best in meets and just really trying to emphasize that that's so powerful oh my gosh I'm happy for you (laughs) yeah it took me a long time (laughs) to get there but (laughs) well it's just like we spend so much time and energy and all of these all of these emotions we don't even vocalize most of the time You know, just Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, my gosh, well, I wish I could do what she's doing or the way she's doing it. Or I could never look like that or yeah, that like there's so much going on in our heads. But like when you get to where, oh, I'm good at this, like that's fitting into your own. Yeah. Like you're just you stop trying to be someone else or be something else. And it's like, just do what you do. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it really took me a long time. It took me. A super long time to realize like there was a voice in my head saying she is so much better than me or I can't do this and I didn't hear it 
but my mind was still listening. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't recognize that voice, but it was talking the whole time. And once I was mm-hmm. able to like hear that voice, I was like, why are you saying that? Like, you know, you're not like that. Don't say that. <laughs> once I was able to hear it, I mean, it was like life changing. And I really stopped comparing myself to others and just like did my own thing. And so I think that's been really, really helpful. And I wish so many more people could understand that. But it's also something that they have to learn on their own. But hopefully the more everyone talks about it and they'll start listening to that little voice in their head. I mean, it's quiet, but then once you hear it, it gets really, really loud. Yeah. And yeah, you go, wait a minute. Where did this yeah. come from? <laughs> crazy. Okay. So we only have a few more questions, actually. Okay. So where do you see yourself in five years? I'll probably be done with swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself swimming more than a year. So that'll be over soon. And I'll be pursuing my master's next year. And I'll hopefully end up to be a registered dietitian and working in the big world. And mm-hmm. <laughs> a true adult which sounds so terrifying, but I'm like really excited to pursue this part of my life and actually get out there and be doing something I'm like really passionate about, but I'm also terrified about. (laughs) So I'm really excited for this new challenge and I just want to start working and all of that. Do you feel like that part has kind of been on hold while you've been pursuing swim? Um, Not so much, just because I'm still haven't graduated with my undergrad degree. And that's like a one of the major steps in becoming a registered dietitian. So once I finish that, I'll have to do an internship. So I really haven't I haven't felt like been putting it on hold, but I have been missing opportunities because of swimming to Mm -hmm. be able to work in this field and get ready for this like next chapter like volunteering Mm -hmm. or like student assistantship or or um, working at a hospital or anything like that that will give me experience for this new area Um, yeah so that's kind of been hard for me just because Again, the whole comparison thing, because I know all these other students out there have jobs and real work experience and specific to their major. And I'm Mm -hmm. just going to graduate with my degree in college swimming. Mm -hmm. So it's like, am I kind of a step behind now? But, you know... I wouldn't change it for the world because I've learned so much through college swimming that I think it'll be pretty beneficial for me. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you'll do great. I think, (laughs) I think it's probably matured so much and grown you so much, you know, in between that you'll just be a better person for it all around. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I've learned so much about myself in just these past four years. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. So what does it mean to you to be a woman made for greatness? Mm, ooh. <laughs> I like that. Ooh. <laughs> to me, I think a woman made for greatness is so powerful because 
every single woman out there has all these tools and has special skill sets that they can utilize and just share that with the world. And a woman made for greatness means to me that you have the ability and nothing else can stop you except for you. Like if you set your mind to it, you could totally do whatever you want to do. You just have to make a plan and just go out there and do it and not be afraid. That's what I, that's the best thing I could come up with. But no, that's so powerful. If women just believe that and they just believe in themselves and then they make the plan to execute, that's life changing what you just said. I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. Our last one is where can everybody connect with you, find you, stalk you, be your new best friend? (laughs) Um, So I'm not very like active on social media. I'm more of a like a lurker where I just like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that sounds like super creepy. It's so funny. (laughs) So I like love Instagram. So you can always find me on Instagram. I don't even know my handle it's jojo yeah so find me on instagram (laughs) at jojo canetta i like watching your stories and everything so (laughs) and looking at pictures but i don't post that much i know i need to start posting more but instagram is the best way to find me or even facebook you can search Joy Canada and I'll come up. What did I tell you? Visualization, affirmations, the comparison game, and the story of Jory basically being the fastest 10 year old swimmer in the United States. This episode was awesome. And once more, I'm so grateful for Jory taking the time out and being on the show. If you guys liked this episode or if you liked any of the previous episodes, let me know. And you can let me know by leaving a review on iTunes. I read every single review and your reviews of the show really motivate me to keep going and I appreciate every single one. So if you loved this episode, if there was something that Jory said where you were like, "Mm, that's amazing, then please leave a review for the show. Okay guys, a big thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this episode and I will be back and I will be back very, very soon for a Valentine's Day episode with my hubby, Ben. Okay, I hope you have a great, great week and I will talk to you soon. And don't forget, you are a woman made for greatness.